0: Welcome to interviews for resistance. We are now into the second year of the Trump administration and the last year has been filled with ups and downs, important victories, successful holding campaigns and painful defeats. We've learned a lot, but there's always more to learn and more to be done. In this now weekly series, we talk with organizers, agitators and educators, not only about how to resist, but how to build a better world. I am Sarah Jaffe, your host.
1: Hi, um, my name is Liat Olenick, and I am a public school teacher and also the co-president of Indivisible Nation BK, which is a Brooklyn-based activist group.
0: So we're talking today because you had a, a rally last week outside of Chuck Schumer's house, right? Can you tell us how that mm-hmm. came off?
1: Um, sure. We actually we held the rally outside his Manhattan office. Um, mm-hmm. Although we have held previous rallies of many outside his house as well. Yeah. Um, but we, the purpose of this rally was to push him to lead the Democratic caucus um, and unite them in opposing the nomination of Brett Kavanaugh. Um, because of the makeup of the Senate, the, really the only way that we have a chance in blocking this nomination is if Democrats are united. So his leadership is essential.
0: Right. And this is not the first time that that y'all have protested Chuck Schumer, as you said. Um, so talk mm-hmm. about the the importance yeah. of groups challenging Democratic leadership and and demanding mm-hmm. that they stand up to Trump.
1: Yeah. Well, so Indivisible is all about holding your own elected officials accountable. And we, as a Brooklyn group, we meet in Prasakai, Hill Park Club area. We're literally in his backyard. We're right near his house. Um, you know, we do have members from all over Brooklyn, but because we're so close to him, we kind of feel a special responsibility to continue to hold him accountable um, and put pressure on him to be the leader that we need right now. Um, all elected officials are uh, are there for one reason because they were elected by people going out and voting for them. Um, and then, you know, when we signal to our representatives what we want them to do, or that we are thankful for something, or that we're disappointed in actions that they have taken. Um, They pay attention because they want to ultimately get reelected and stay in office. So that's kind of the whole indivisible model is based on that. And so we, especially with Chuck Schumer, take that really seriously because we are in his backyard and also because he is the most powerful Democrat in the country right now and Mm -hmm. more than anybody else. We need really strong, consistent, clear leadership coming from him and his office.
0: Have you gotten any response from his office to these actions?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, we have, we talk to his staff uh, pretty frequently. Um, so you know they know about the rally uh they we always invite them to come and talk to people um when we do a rally like that or a protest uh they did not come down this time around
0: um
1: but they you know we did, you know let them know about it in advance and they certainly uh were aware that it was happening and we're in conversation with them about um the Supreme Court nomination, and all the other things that are going on. Mm
0: -hmm. And so you said they didn't come down this time, but they have before?
1: Yeah. So we've held uh, previous similar rallies, uh, especially last summer with the ACA repeal fight. Um, Mm -hmm. And in those instances, the staff would often come down and talk to people, um, which was really appreciated. Um, but they did not do that this time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What were some of those other, um, so aside from the ACA repeal, what are some of the other rallies that you have held? What were the um, targets and the demands?
1: So we've also, in terms of Schumer specifically, we've also organized a lot of actions um, around the DREAM Act. Last Mm -hmm. semester we Staged, uh one protest in granary Plaza which is two blocks from his house and then one directly outside his home about the dream act um, because that was an area where he wanted to see stronger leadership in terms of using his leverage to protect dreamers which is obviously still an issue um and then last summer as I said um in fighting trump care we I organized one or two rallies outside his office. And then way back in January of 2017, there were some protests in Grand Army Plaza and near his house that were more focused on pushing him to oppose Trump's cabinet appointments. And we did not organize that, but we did participate. Um, so there's been kind of a similar local uh, consistent push to Urge him to be like a stronger no in the Senate and to unite his caucus on some key issues.
0: Tell me about the makeup of the group. Who you know? Who sure. are the people? Are these long time activists? Are these first time activists getting involved because of Trump? Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me yeah. you know how that how that came together and who the sort of sort sure. average person in the group is.
1: Um. Well. So we got started in December of 2016, so it was very much a response to the election. However, I would say, like, there's a wide range of experiences um, in the group in terms of, like, political activity and, and work. Um, so there are some people who have been engaged in some form of activism for years and years and years, and then there are some people who... This was their, you know, they're new to taking political action in this way, and they're really just still learning the tools um, that are part of individual and part of getting involved in elections. So there's a range, um, yeah. And I think I'm kind of a middle ground example. Um, I'm a teacher, and but I have been an education advocate for a long time, Um, Where I've been organizing and writing and protesting on issues related to education, but I was kind of like siloed. And then after the election, it was like, no, I need to organize everything. (laughs) There's, you know, I can't just focus on this one issue and felt like I needed to learn and and kind of spread out um, to think bigger. So, yeah, there's a range. Yeah. And so,
0: you know, within the group, talk about the, you know, was anybody sort of opposed to the idea of challenging Democrats or did people really come together with this idea that we've really, this is the appropriate thing to
1: be doing right now? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, within our group, there's definitely, and within indivisible groups across the city and the state, there is, a fair degree of unity with regards to how we see Senator Schumer's role in particular, and there is a widespread desire to see stronger leadership from him, um, not just so specific to our group. And we don't really see it as challenging Democrats, we see it as like doing the basic Democratic job of holding elected officials accountable no matter what party they're a part of like that's our role as active and informed constituents is to make sure that our elected officials are really representing us and our interests um so you know that kind of guides our work with related to Senator schumer but also all other elected officials that we interact
0: with yeah yeah so Going forward, um, I mean the the Supreme Court nomination is one fight. We're leading into midterm elections. Right. Um, what do you What do you want to see from Senator Schumer um, mm-hmm. and the Democratic leadership going forward?
1: So. Uh, Specifically with regard to the Supreme Court, we want to see United Democratic Caucus. It's very simple and it's essential. Uh, we've seen it that be effective. Last summer with the ACA repeal fight, the only reason we were able to stop the repeal of the ACA is because we had a United Democratic Caucus and it did not hurt Democrats in polling or in messaging or anything to take a strong stance on an issue that affected millions of people. And we see, like, the same issue at stake with this, the healthcare is at stake, combined with so many other issues including like the possibility that our president could attempt to pardon himself right like so there's really we just expect a clear firm line on the Supreme Court nomination where all Democrats are saying we're voting now whatever their individual reasons are you know that will vary depending on what state they're from but so we expect unity um, and then Going forward into the elections, we'd really like to see him take a more active role in helping to craft democratic priorities and messaging, because, you know, he's not very visible in this. And this is something we've actually met with him in person about, um, where he put out this Better Deal platform, which has a lot of really good policies in it, but we're not Mm -hmm. seeing it being promoted or, you know, shared with the public in a way that is effective Um, and so that's part of why I don't know if you know we had pushed for Senator Schumer to hold a town hall in New York City for over a year he hasn't held one in years and years and years and we felt like This is what leadership is about, and he needs to talk directly to constituents. Um, You know, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders are holding nationally televised town halls where they're talking to millions of Americans. He's the minority leader. He needs to put himself out there. Um, And there was a town hall scheduled for the first week in July, uh, which we were very excited about, and it was canceled uh, at the last Uh minute because of some travel issue. So, in addition to uniting. Democrats on the Supreme Court nomination, we really want to see him just, like, rise to that leadership and, one, re- re- leadership needs of the moment, reschedule his town hall, but also just put himself out there in ways that help all the candidates who are running to win in November, mm-hmm. like elevating yeah. their message and just doing everything he can, kind of an yeah. all-hands-on-deck situation.
0: Yeah. What were some of the policies in that that, um, that people in your group? inspiring
1: um so I mean there's definitely some really good things in the better deal there's antitrust uh, you know that uh, talking about antitrust regulations um fifteen dollar livable minimum wage um protections for unions for teachers like those are all, all compelling things lowering the cost of prescription uh prescription, um, drugs you know it's it's very uh there's great policies within it but they're kind of like there's not an overarching message and it's not being shared with the public um so we want to see him out there talking about this is what i stand for this is what it means to be a democrat and I'm not afraid to answer your questions. You know, I'm not afraid to be held accountable by my constituents. And you know, these are the ways you can do your part and help whoever get elected in November. Yeah, And we see other elected officials doing that. You know, across the country, where people are really stepping outside traditional ways of um, relating to constituents and you know, kind of business as usual to try to mobilize people and inspire them yeah. Yeah. how can people
0: keep up with you and with uh, your group and what's going on
1: so um, they can definitely follow us on social media twitter we're at BK Indivisible our website is indivisiblenationbk.org um, you know we have our Facebook also which is on everything's on the website so we're, we're very active we're doing things every day um, so welcome, everybody, to get in touch in any way. So we do have an email list. Um, if people want to sign up, they can just, on the website, you know, send us an email or message us on Twitter or on Facebook in any way, and we will sign them up.
0: Interviews for Resistance is a project of Sarah Jaffe with assistance from Laura Fiabois and support from the Nation Institute. You can find more information at necessarytrouble.org. Thanks for listening.